The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Championship games are over. Super Bowl is set. And it's the Andy Reid, Kelsey Brothers ball as the Philadelphia Eagles advance in the NFC side of things and in a very tightly contested and probably controversial uh, matchup. The Chiefs squeak past John Breach's Bengals. Ryan Wilson and John Breach joining me to break down these games. Fellas, how are we doing? Breach, I'll ask you uh, a question I asked you off air before Brinson got the chance to hear it. Um, in your current state of mind, who do you despise more as a Bengals fan? Joey Porter or official Ron Torbert? Uh, it's even. I don't despise Joey Porter. I've told you multiple times that that Bengals team was not going to win the Super Bowl because they had A.J. McCarron as their quarterback. So I hated that loss. It was painful. It was horrible. Uh, but they weren't they weren't going anywhere after that. Uh, you never want to lose to it. But this one, it, look, I said this after the Super Bowl last year that I would never blame the officials for anything because everyone, every team has to deal with bad officiating. But my God, I mean, what a just stupid game. That's all I can say. It was it was entertaining. It was fun to watch. Uh, and I could sit here and rail on the officials for 30 minutes. But instead, you know, I can say, hey, why not play and try and get a first down on uh when you're driving down the field, the third and three on the third and three where Joe Burrow threw an interception. Uh, you know, I know it worked on the fourth down to Jamar chase, but this is seven minutes left in the game. You have finally caught up the chiefs and tied it. Uh, just, you know, there's a multitude of things that we will all talk about. So there's plenty of things that the Bengals did wrong that I'm not, yeah, just I'm not even gonna talk about the fishing. If you guys talk about it, I'll chime in. But wow, uh, look at there's this too many complaints in my head that we would have to do an entire podcast on just that. What a big man you are, Breach. I give you credit. I mean, look, I um, yeah, I had uh, I preferred the Bengals to win, but um, I mean, you know, pretty pretty, pretty, pretty substantially, I think. But like, it's I don't want to act like I'm biased, but uh, man, I mean, I, the, the officiating that game in both games today was, you know, pretty. I guess par for the course for the NFL these days. It just wasn't very good. Uh, there was a, you know, it was just, the game was essentially decided on a, on a personal foul. You know, you you, you know, you know that's going to get called every time. Uh, but before Patrick Mahomes took off and ran, there was a hole. There was a blatant hold um, by a uh, by a KC offensive lineman on a Cincy defender. It was either DJ Reader or BJ Hill, I think. And it was extremely um, obvious. The referees completely missed it. And then on the run back of that, the kickoff return. I thought it was a pretty obvious and blatant block in the back too. And, you know, you take those things into account. It's like the personal foul penalty. And without the personal foul penalty, I don't think the Harrison Bucker makes that kick, or at least it's not, a, it's certainly not as easy a kick. I mean, obviously. And then with those other two, if they call the hold, they're not in range for that field goal. And they probably don't, it's a lot harder to get in range if they call that block in the back. Now, look, they're not going to get everything. They're going to make, referees are going to make mistakes. But when it happens like that, you know, 
it, it, in it, where it did, and it's just like just the way it kind of it's so anticlimactic to have the to have officials decide the outcomes of like highly like contested NFL playoff games. That, that's what bugs me. I think. Well, and I said in Slack I wasn't going to bring up the five down thing. But to give a team five downs and then the Bengals make a stop and then have the gall to throw a holding flag on Eli Apple to give the Chiefs even more downs. That was like a nine down series when they should have only gotten three downs. Uh, But back to just back to that final possession real quick for the Chiefs is, you know, even if they call that hold there, which they probably should have, it's still an offsetting penalty. There's still eight seconds left and you still have uh third and four at the Bengals 47. So they still could have gotten in field goal range. It doesn't mean that the, the, the Bengals were going to win or lose. It doesn't mean the Chiefs were going to win or lose, but the Chiefs still would have an opportunity to win. And the personal foul call, you have to throw that flag. I mean, Mahomes was out of bounds. That's it. There's You, you just can't. It, it. Do you want a game decided on a personal personal foul penalty in the final 30 seconds? No, you do not. But you have to throw that flag. That's it. That's what it comes down to. That one's cut and dry. That one's not mad at that one. So, man, it, it's just you guys should just walk through and I'll I'll sulk. So I'll start with Osai because Osai, Breach, I think you can agree, absolutely balled out. He played his ass off. He was hurt last year. I think his second round pick. He was out of Texas. He, he was a really good college player coming out and I liked him a lot. And he showed up tonight time after time after time and just he just, you know, brain lock at the end there. And, you know, it's just one of those things that you preach over and over again. and It just can't happen. Unlike Brinson, like I don't think holding calls or blocks in the backs, I don't think those decide games because they happen the whole conversation where it happens every single play. But I do think the five down thing was troubling to say the least. And I, I think the barometer is when Breach starts cursing and slack, do you know something's gone wrong? And when Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Zach Taylor gets up, his heartbeat gets above 45 beats per minute, you know something's gone wrong. And he was freaking the Frank out. And that tells you all you need to know. Now we saw on the all 22 where the official of the top left-hand corner of the screen was calling the play, calling the whistle. And then he sort of stopped and no one could hear anything anyway. So you just have a, have to have a better mechanism in place to, to sort that out. I don't think the game was decided by a non-hold or non-block in the back called. I think it was decided. Um, you could argue that the, the, the chain of events after the, the five down situation maybe played a part in it, but I think it was decided. Oh gosh, just when the side couldn't stop himself from chucking, Mahomes out of bounds. And I get it. I understand it. And I think the totality of his game is like an A minus. And the only reason it's a minus is because that last play just have to be poorly timed. Because I mean, you could argue Eli Apple mugging uh whoever that was on on the on the nine down play that you were talking about, Breach, that was way more egregious than um what happened to Osai. Just situationally it worked out that Osai just the timing could not could not have been worse. And you know, Bucker, who struggled all year, absolutely striped that forty five yarder. And I don't think let me ask you this, Breach. What, what chance did you get Bucker making that? Because I was at about 62%. Yeah, I wasn't anywhere close to 100 once. They, you know, because they said they moved the spot back five yards, and there's a huge difference between a 40 and a 45-yarder, especially in that weather where it feels like it's five degrees out. Uh, I, Yeah, I didn't think the game was over at all at that point, and obviously when he made it, it's over. Uh, so, yeah, it was about 60-40. Yeah. Um, I see people in the um in the comments like stop complaining about the refs. Uh, look, you go to and I'm not saying what trends on Twitter is how we determine what we talk about, but I hear the top trends in, on Twitter: the refs. Congrats, NFL, NFL rigs, Zach Taylor and Jabroni and Burrowhead. So I mean, like, yeah, it's something that people are talking about in the context of this game. Well, and you know what? Look, I I said at the beginning that I'm not going to blame the refs for this. The Bengals lost one. Uh, because they could not protect Joe Burrow. I threw out a stat before the game that they were 0-3 this season when Burrow got sacked five times or more. They were 14-1 when he got sacked four times or less. Well, he got sacked five times. He was running for his life the entire game. We've seen him pull out games like this, uh, like last year against the Titans, but the Titans didn't have the type of offense the Chiefs have. The Chiefs are an all-around better team, and you just can't let Burrow get beat up like that. He had two uh, ugly interceptions, and so when he when you put pressure on him like that, then the Bengals offense just you throw a wrench into it. You, you put the old uh, the stick in the bike spoke and, and everyone mm. goes flying off. And so when you look at it like that, it's not just Burrow uh, struggling the Tyler Boyd injury. Burrow loses a weapon. And so once the F- Bengals finally figure out what to do on offense, you know, we saw them rebound in the second half. Uh, you know, it was just. Too little, too late. They had their chances, and they didn't win. I'll say this, and just to um, talk about the Chiefs here because they did they did win the game, and you know they're not calling the 
making the officiating call, so you can't blame them. But Joe Burrow, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes did it with an ankle and a half. He did it with Sky Moore, Marcus Kemp, Noah Gray, and MBS on the field for the final quarter. And obviously Travis Kelsey, but he was being double teamed. Isaiah Pacheco went out with uh, what looked like a head injury. I'm not sure what the ex- actual uh, diagnosis was, but McKinnon had to come in for him. So they were beyond hobbled. So I give them a ton of credit for for battling. Now, look, Joe Burrow, as Breach will mention, will tell you that he only had two healthy offensive linemen out there, and it showed up as Chris Jones was just absolutely demoralizing Max Sharping snap after snap after snap. And you could argue that he has, he has a legit case for being the MVP of this game. Uh, Chris Jones does. But uh, credit to, to the Chiefs for for sucking it up because it looked like when they when Joe Burrow and the, and the Bengals got the ball back on that last drive that you're like, okay, this is going to be 4-0. Joe Burrow's 8-0 in games when the temperature's 40 degrees or less. He doesn't lose an arrowhead, so on and so forth. Um, so this was the, the, the one time <laughs> the Chiefs were able to win a home game against the Bengals, which is a, a sentence I never thought I'd be saying out loud. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the um, I'm trying to think what the was it was it the did they score to the um, the the Bengals score to tie to make it 2020 off coming off of the ball because the, the Chiefs scored on that great pass from Mahomes to Marcus Valdez Scambling to make it 20 to 13. Uh, you know, it's like a really difficult scramble job and he whipped it. I mean, like Mahomes played his ass off, especially considering his injury. Um, you have then the um, the, they get the ball back, I believe, on. A uh, didn't it just they punted? Yeah, so then the big was punted, but then Mahomes had that fumble, right? And that that led to the touchdown that tied it up, I believe. Wasn't that it? Is that the end of the third quarter? Mahomes, the third quarter, right? And then Mahomes whipped, and then the uh, well, also don't forget that that's the fourth down play that Breach was talking about a moment ago where they went for it and threw the bomb to chase on fourth and six, I believe. I mean, yeah, and then and then Sabah GP Ryan punched it in. You know, it was and but it, but when it when it felt like when like Mahomes fumbled that ball, that it was like they were actually going like if that's when you felt like the Chiefs were gonna win. When you're getting stuff like that from Patrick Mahomes, like you don't see that happen. The Bengals are gonna win. The Bengals are gonna win, excuse me. Yeah, you don't see that happen very often with like like NFL quarterbacks in general. You definitely don't see Patrick Mahomes do it, even at Gimpy Mahomes. Um, and so when that happened, it was like, oh my goodness, like this is going to be like this is this is just you know, Joe Burrow is is gonna find a way to do it, especially after the um the fourth and eight punt. You uh, and Bridge. You thought I, I can't remember in Slack. You when they when the so the Chiefs got called for holding after uh, and 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 then they originally accepted it, the Bengals did then declined it and then the Chiefs punted. I mean, obviously you wanted them to punt. Did you want Zach Taylor to accept or decline it? Thinking thinking in your head that if they accepted it, that Andy Reid was probably going to go on fourth and eight. Well, I thought he would go for it. So I did want him to decline it because I didn't want the Chiefs to get two downs. It would have been, I think, uh, third and 22 and said it was fourth and eight. But third and 22, if you're the Chiefs, you try and get 10 yards or 15 yards. You don't have to go for the sticks. And then if you're in field goal range, you know. Or you get an Eli Apple mess up. Right. Or you get a holding call. So it just opens up this whole can of worms. So I actually I did want uh, Zach Taylor to decline it. He did decline it. And I did. I actually thought that the Chiefs were going to try a 55 yard field goal. That's exactly where they were on the field. It was fourth and eight. Uh, and, uh, you know, Andy Reid said, look, our defense has been dominating this game. So we're just going to punt it. We're going to pin them down. And that's exactly what this defense did. And the defense just played so the defense on both sides of the ball played well. I know I know we're talking about how Mahomes had no receivers, but they didn't do anything, you know? So it's not like you can give the Chiefs offense really any credit. I mean, their their last four possessions were the fumble by Mahomes, a punt, a punt, and a field goal where they drove 26 yards with 15 of that coming off a of Bengals penalty. So uh, you know, the Chiefs defense really carried them here and they were they were impressive. You know, we haven't seen uh, too many teams beat up on the Bengals offense like that. And, you know, you guys mentioned it was Chris Jones that really led the way. And then also, for some reason, the Bengals couldn't cover Marquez Valdez-Scantling, <laughs> who looked like Jerry Rice out there. I don't know how that happened or if they just forgot about him, the game plan, or forgot that he was on the team. But I could not. It, it just every time he came up with a key catch, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers was like throwing rocks through his television thinking, where was this guy when he was my teammate? Uh, you know, who would have thought that? MVS would be the Chiefs offensive MVP. He played his mind out. Uh, and, and that was really it. It was the Chiefs defense and it was Marquez Vardis Scantling. And they're going to the Super Bowl and the Bengals are going home. And I'm sad. So on that next to last drive that you're talking about for the Chiefs breach, where you, you mentioned maybe the 55 yarder, Jay Feely 
on the sidelines said neither kicker tried more than a 50 yarder in warmups. And I'm guessing that probably informed the decision. In addition to what we just said earlier about Bucker struggling. Um, also worth noting, Legere Sneed went out on the first first series, I believe. He hit his neck on Joe Mixon's thigh, and, and he was concussed. And that was also a loss. It also forced Joshua Williams into the field. He gave a huge catch to Hayden Hurst late in the game, converted a third and more than 10 deep in the Bengals' own end. That sort of seemed like they were going to get things going there. Uh, I think it was the Bengals' last drive. So I think it ended up eventually with um, – a few series earlier, by the way, Brian Cook, who had the reverse game of Joseph Osai, uh, who absolutely got roasted play after play to start the game, tipped the ball on, on uh, that third and three that Brinson mentioned earlier, tipped to Joshua Williams, Fable State, shout out, uh, who had a tough game as well, and they got an interception there. So, look, I will say this about the Chiefs, uh, a banged-up team we talked about their office. Defensively, they had a ton of rookies out there. And they made some mistakes, but they also stepped up when they needed him to. Sky Moore on the other side of the ball had that big return at the end of the game that Brinson mentioned. He had three muff punts this season, and at times he looked like he didn't know how to catch football. So um, in terms of timing and showing up in this game, the the rookie class did, did really well for Kansas City. Well, and to bring up Sky Moore real quick, on the punt before, the Bengals punted twice in the second half. And on the first punt, Sky Moore had a 25-yard return. And I'm literally thinking to myself, Look, there's only a finite amount of time here. The Chiefs have basically 30 seconds to work with. They have one timeout. The one thing you absolutely cannot risk is a huge punt return. If you kick this out of bounds, just 35 yards net or just whatever, if you don't allow a big return uh, and you pin the Chiefs inside their own 35, with the way their offense was playing, it would have been hard to imagine them getting the 35 yards they needed to get into field goal range. So it just... This, you've already been burnt once by the punt returner. Why are you punting to him again? Just punt it out of bounds. And I said that to you guys as soon as it was just, I could not believe they punted to him. I just, I could not believe it. We're not laughing at you, Breach. We're laughing at the commenters. Lucas Pulowski mentioned he was sad that you took your tree down and, and Pokerad <laughs> mentioned in the comments, Breach furiously threw the tree out of his second story window just before the pod. It's on his Instagram it's on Instagram. story. Actually, I set the tree on fire. Is it yeah, that you set a Christmas tree on fire? <laughs> you put a, you put a, you put a uh, skip Bayless and like stormed into your, like had, had a, uh, had your wife like record you throwing your tree in the trash can? My um, kids, my kids gonna cry when she sees her toddler Christmas tree is, is just ashes. <laughs> the tree got beat up, huh? Yeah, I mean, Bad I, luck I, tree. I mean, look, it was it was a. I don't. I mean, and back to my like the original point, I guess when I complained about the rest is that it was. I thought this was a really good game. It was a really entertaining game. It just felt like a little deflating to have you know the, the, like it felt like sort of the outcomes were, were just shifted by it. Um, but I think, you know, as a whole, you look at the, the Bengals season and it's hard to be too mad about it. Back-to-back AFC championship games. Anytime your team gets a chance to go to the Super Bowl, you know, you, you're going to be disappointed, of course. I mean, but, you know, I mean, nobody's going to look at the Bengals season and say, well, that was a disappointment, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, we have this debate all the time about whether a team finishes as a disappointment or whether they should feel good about their season. And I do think the Bengals should feel good about their season. They started 0-2. People thought the Super Bowl hangover was there. Nobody thought they were going to beat the Bills. And so to get back to the AFC Championship game, uh, I I would consider it a successful season. I'll probably be mad about it for the next 72 hours. But then when you kind of reflect and, and think about what happened and think about the fact that, hey, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, all these guys are under contract. Uh, you know, you know, this whole team basically is coming back next season. Your offensive line is going to get healthy. So they have a lot of people. Um, so you have to feel pretty good. And, you know, one thing I would say not to like complain about the officiating, but it's really weird that, you know, the, the NFL announced the Super Bowl referee earlier this past week, and it's Carl Sheffers and he is refereeing the Super Bowl for the third time in six years. Yep. And so that's, that's the absolute most he can possibly referee the Super Bowl too, by the way. Right. So is that the NFL saying that like, Hey, we don't really trust any of our officials on the big yep. stage anymore. Cause is. that's kind of what it feels like. And, and, you know, we're seeing why they don't. So it, it's, uh, you know, it's like the NFL seems to know that they're huh. struggling in that department. I also think, I also think it's a thing where, and you know, this, I, I talk about the red certification of the NFL a lot too, where, you know, where people are used to seeing, you know, 10 games on at once uh, on a channel that just pops back and forth to the best action. And then you, when you actually watch like what it actually one actual NFL game, you know, you're like, well, guys, it's kind of clunky sometimes, or, you know, these refs stink. Like when you actually have to see, you know, all the different things, like, the, like, you know, you know what I mean? Like the full, the full meat and potatoes, the full, how the sauce is being made of an NFL game. Sometimes you can come off. You're like, Oh, like this is a little, um, 
a little a little a little yucky. It's just you. Breach, let me ask you this because our Jonathan Jones mentioned this before the the AFC championship game. Joe Burrow's in line to get fifty mil a year. So that's gonna mess up the old salary cap and keeping the band together, which is something we could talk about later in the offseason, but just a point. And what I also wanted to ask you when you talked about the whether the season was success, I think it's a resounding success. I mean, this isn't the Vikings. And I think you could even argue that the Bills season ended in disappointment with the way they got their doors blown off, which leads me to this question. Let's say that tonight there was no controversy and the Bengals got, got their doors blown off Bill style. Would that, would you feel better or worse or indifferent Would the season feel more successful, less successful and differently successful? If they had lost like 31 to seven, say, yeah, it didn't show up at all. Like, uh, you know, I, it would have been, I probably would have been less mad because it was yeah. made to the AFC title game and it's still the chiefs. The chiefs are, you know, they've been to the AFC title game five straight years. They're going to the Super Bowl for the third time in four years. So this is not a team you're going to dominate. This is not a team that you're just going to beat up on all the time. So I, I, anybody who thought that would have been crazy to think that. So, yeah, if it would have been 31-7, I probably would have been a lot better with it than losing the way they lost today. Really? See, I, I don't, I don't know, man. I think, I mean, I, look, I think I, the I, cheat, not the cheating, but the allegations of mis, un, uh, 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 what's the word? Referee misconduct. <laughs> yeah, that would like anger collusion. me. Yeah, like, like the, the, the assertion that the NFL has rigged it for the Chiefs to get back to the Super Bowl is like impropriety was the word. Yeah, yeah that, 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 and look, like, look, there's, I don't, I don't believe that this has been like a thing that's really popped up this year with the NFL being rigged. Maybe it's just like our society nowadays where people yeah. just like think. I, I look. The NFL is not rigged. If stuff is happening like this, it's not because the NFL wants a certain team to win. It's because the NFL is a fourteen billion dollar business uh, run. You know, run with the efficiency of this podcast. Run by you know, like, well, I can tell you, it's not rigged just because. Go out in your backyard and try and kick a forty-five yard field goal. You'll hit it maybe once out of a hundred times if you're lucky. And so there's, you know, there's obvious skills involved that you can't guarantee, even if you try to write a script for it. Right. And my whole thing is this, like if you think that your coworkers are, are being vindictive or, or, you know, malicious, what you end up finding out inevitably is that they're just incompetent. incompetent. And Correct. I think that's where this comes down. So sometimes incompetence can be confused for conspiracy theories. And at the end of the day, it's just people don't know what the hell they're doing. Yeah. By the way, the total penalties called in this game. Uh, nine penalties on the Bengals for 71 yards, four penalties for the uh, Chiefs for 55 yards. So, I mean, you know, you can uh, you can parse that however you like, but uh, certainly. You know. and, and, and just I do feel like these two teams are very even evenly matched as evidenced by they have played four games. All four have been decided by three points. Yes, Patrick Mahomes was on a hobbled ankle and the Chiefs weren't at full strength. But the Bengals also were not at full strength, obviously missing uh Three starting offensive linemen missing Tyler Boyd, who had a huge first quarter and then couldn't play the rest of the game. Uh, so they were missing key players, and the Chiefs had key players who were injured. So I think if both teams were at full strength, we probably would have seen something similar. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this these two teams, I think there's a pretty good chance that we see the Bengals and the Chiefs play in, in these spots in the playoffs, I don't know, five times over the next Ten years. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll that always, obviously depends on like the scheduling and, and how that all plays out and, and the bracket. I'll take the under on that. I'll okay, take yeah, I'll, the point. My point being is like, but the Wendover Wilson is one point five. Okay, well, just between the Bengals, the the Chiefs, the Bills, the Chargers, Steelers. in theory, uh, and then the Jaguars too, just because of the Steelers. Yes, because Kenny Pickett, you got to add him in there. Uh, just because of those young quarterbacks, like there's, and look, we said it, you know, we said it after the Super Bowl last year. You know, Dan Marino went to a Super Bowl, what, a second year, won MVP, and then never went back. I mean, it's, you know, there's no guarantee that you're going to, you know, get back to the Super Bowl a bunch. Uh, even Patrick Mahomes, what, you know, he's played, he has never been a starter and not. Oh, no, we lost Brinson. That was the uh, Bengals Mafia. I think Brinson was going to say that he's never been a starter and not gone to the AFC Championship game. Is that correct, Breach? Uh, that sounds exactly I think what five for five and, um, that is where he is on that. And that's but, impressive. I mean, you can't argue that. <laughs> yeah. And this was Jefferson, the... Uh, I got taken out by the NFL league office. I finished your thought. Go ahead. Yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, uh, no. I, I had nothing left to, to say about this game other than I, I don't want people to think that we don't think that the Chiefs deserve to win this game. It had nothing to do with the Chiefs and just, you know, it, it feels like the punctuation mark on the season where the officials always sort of insert themselves by just being incompetent at times. And it's... it's it, Maybe... Here's the thing, like uh, my buddy down the street, his daughter plays uh, field hockey 
and he doesn't know anything about field hockey. No one knows anything about field hockey, and he was explaining to me that the rules are convoluted and ambiguous, and sometimes there's a lot of discretion with the officiating, so no one knows what's going on. And that feels like the NFL, except we've been watching NFL our entire lives, and no one still knows what's going on. I don't. It shouldn't be that hard, and it just feels like they they overcomplicate it. That said, I, if either of these teams won, I'd have been happy for them. I still love the Chiefs. I think they're a fun team. I love the Bengals. I think they're a fun team to watch. I say this is Steelers homer. My the only thing sadder than breach uh, is my Snoop, Snoopy tattoo breach. It is very sad that uh, you know one thing. I think I saw somebody in the comments ask if I do now think that Zach Taylor is a good coach. Uh, and as someone who has been riding the fence for two years. three years now, I, I refuse to take a side. I'll take a side. I do think he is a good coach. Uh, you get the two straight AFC championship games, you're a good coach. I mean, yes, you have Joe Burrow. Yes, you have these weapons. Uh, but he's the Bengals have been, the offense has been so good, partly because of him. He's the guy out there uh, calling these plays, and he has done a really good job this year. But that being said, I was not thrilled with how they finished the first half um, when they ended up kicking the field goal. I was fine with that field goal call, but I just feel like they used all their timeouts on consecutive plays. And I, you know, I had said this to yeah. you guys, I feel like they should have spiked the ball so that they could save a timeout so that in case something like the T Higgins play happened, which got them down to uh, Kansas City's five yard line, if you call a timeout there, uh, you know, you have a lot more time to work with. You probably have time to run three plays or you could just would have opened up uh, more options. So I didn't feel like they ran the end of the half real well. And then the other thing is that, you know, Patrick Mahomes had a so-so game, just like Joe Burrow had a so-so game, but both of them just came through with clutch throws. Both of Patrick Mahomes' touchdown passes, the mm. one on fourth and one where he just made magic happen, uh, you know, you're going off script. If you throw an incomplete pass there, you just you drove inside Cincinnati's 15-yard line, coming away with zero points. Uh, that would have been a disaster. Nope, he finds uh, Travis Kelsey. And then we all saw that second touchdown where he threw off his bad ankle. Man, I mean, so... He, he wasn't. Mahomes, did Mahomes have a so-so game? No. Yeah, I, thought, I, didn't. I thought he had a great game. I thought, yeah, I thought he had. Okay, yeah, I was. I would want to like. I would try to like. Yeah, I thought he, he played had, better than. Yeah, okay, he was. I he mean, was given good. given like when you factor in the in, in oh, Justin did, Kelsey thing back up there, I was going to point out that like, um, but like to, I mean, when you factor in like what happened with his ankle, like that, I mean, to me that you know you add that up. And then, like, you look at Kelsey, and I know the Bengals didn't do what the Jaguars did, just, like, let him just do whatever he wanted. Uh, finished with seven catches on eight targets for 78 yards and, and a touchdown. I mean, they, you know, they, they definitely, like, were trying to, you know, double-team him and, and, and you know, keep Mahomes from going to him. He's just that good. And you saw the rankings uh, in that graphic before. If you watch it on YouTube, youtube.com slash NFL and CBS, by the way, new YouTube channel. Uh, it's, a, it's a branding thing. We'll, we'll explain it later or something. But, um, the like, Kelsey is – is he now second? Is he was it was second or first all time in receiving touchdowns in the playoffs? And that's not, um, yeah, second tied second all time receiving touchdowns. That's not tight ends. That's any pass catcher. He's second all time in playoff receptions, 127. Third all time in rece playoff receiving yards, 1,469. And second all time in set with 700 plus yard games. I mean, this guy is a stone cold lock for the Hall of Fame. He's you know he may be obnoxious after uh, victories, but he's a guy that just is such a difference maker. You know. Like you can talk, we can talk about like everybody's hurt for the Chiefs and they had to go to MVS, but at the end of the day, like, you still got Travis Kelsey, who's just a cheat code uh, out there. Yeah, I don't think anyone disagrees with any of that. I think he's yeah. definitely even I will not push back on your Hall of Fame. And this is a guy who suffered back spasms at the end of practice. He was a game time decision. They were doing things into him to his back in the locker room to make sure he could play. Uh, and so the fact that he went out there and caught seven passes for seventy eight yards and, and a touchdown on fourth down. Yeah, I mean, Travis Kelsey played out of his mind. Breach, by the way, Sabia in the comments says, it's your fault that the Bengals lost. You took a shower. <laughs> um, yeah, too. Okay, anything else? Um, Not showering till next Super Bowl, though. That's, Joke's that's, on us. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, uh, yeah, and look, the, you know, the Chiefs, Chiefs, stuff, Chiefs, by the way, like, I thought the Bengals defense played, you know, pretty dang well like they i mean you know they did they did i think they did what you you know as much as you can ask for ask them outside of like you know like pratt had one you know tackle where he didn't get you know didn't get pacheco down uh right away that they really they probably they, they probably should have and then um you know there's some of those mvs plays where he was sort of running wide open but like you know given the given what you're up against i, I thought the Bengals defense played well and i thought the chiefs defense, i thought both defenses showed up in a really big way in, in, in a way that maybe we didn't expect especially if you thought you know this over is gonna hit where you see tons of points yeah, no, they're good. Luna Rumo's amazing. Um, I saw 
David Cantor, who's an agent to the coaches, tweet out that if you don't hire Lou Anarumo as your head coach, you're crazy or something to that effect. And he's, I think he's just a regular agent, but yeah, I mean, my, uh, my yeah, yeah, keep, no, keep going, Wilson. My first thought was maybe. I mean, I've had this conversation a billion times. Just because you're a great coordinator, which Lou Anarumo certainly is, doesn't mean you're going to be a magical head coach. Um, but yeah, hats off to him for a fantastic season. And his big thing, Breach, has been halftime adjustments. They outscored the Chiefs in the second half, um, thirteen to ten. Uh, they just came out three points short, obviously. But I, I, unlike the, watching Steelers games where they do anti-halftime adjustments, it, it's amazing to watch a team that understands what they're doing on both sides of the ball, whether it's the Kansas City offense or, or the Bengals defense, um, and, and sort of lock down the things that were working in the first half. By the way, hats off to Spag, Spagnuolo, by the way. And, you know, Romo talked about this during the game, and I don't, I'm not smart enough to know uh, how effective it was, but it appeared pretty effective the first few series where Spags apparently didn't show everything to the Bengals offense the, the first time they met. And it, it looked like that Joe Burrow was confused at times, or at least the offensive line was, because they got after him, as you mentioned, Breach. I think the first nine plays, he was sacked four times. And yeah. um, that obviously set the tone early on because the, the Bengals offense sputtered when the Chiefs got going. Although, you know, as we talked about, it was only a six-point lead for a long time, even though it felt like it was 40 to nothing. Well, yeah, and that's kind of what I said to you guys at halftime was that it really felt like the Bengals played their first, their worst first half possible. And it felt like that they it, it felt like the Chiefs should have been leading 28 to nothing. And the fact that it was a one-score game made it feel like anyone could win in the second half. And you know, and obviously that is how it played out. And the other thing is because of how well uh, these defensive coordinators kind of drew up their game plans. There was no rushing attack. If you would have said in our bold p- prediction podcast last week that Joe Burrow was going to be the leading rusher in the entire game, we would have given your grade an F and we would have laughed at it and said that was way too bold. <laughs> and no, yeah. Joe Burrow leading rusher the entire game because neither of these teams could get anything going on the ground. Yep. Um, yeah. All right. Let's uh, take a break and we'll come back. We'll talk about the Eagles. And the 49ers in a game that was not that exciting. Next. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast robert half research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring if you have open roles chances are you're feeling this too that's why you need robert half Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So Philadelphia advancing to their second Super Bowl since 2017. Is that their second, third Super Bowl? Or the three Super Bowls? The... Oh, four, like in, in recent modern history. Anyway, they're back in the Super Bowl. Harry Roseman rebuilt the, this team, got him back to the Super Bowl um, within, you know, five-year span. Like, really impressive. Jalen Hurts, like, all right, I, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how to start talking about this game, honestly, because Brock Purdy got hurt, and <laughs> they didn't have a they didn't, Josh Johnson got hurt. They didn't, have a, they didn't have a quarterback. The Niners didn't. 31-7, to seven, Philly wins. I mean, Breach, you said you were going to take a nap at some point during this game. I actually did take a nap briefly during the third quarter. Um, <laughs> it like, no, it wasn't a purposeful nap. I just fell asleep. But it's like, yeah, four, that's right. Fourth Super Bowl, lost the first two, won the third one, and now have a chance to try and um, 
get back there and uh, and pull it off again. I mean, I, I just don't know how you can like really have a huge takeaway from this game other than the 49ers aren't going to win if they don't have any quarterbacks. Yeah, I, the, the takeaway is this for me: like the Eagles stomped the 49ers and didn't let them hang around, even though the 49ers were were flailing. Because sometimes you see teams um, play down to the level of the competition, uh, no matter whether it's Week One or in the playoffs. And I give the, the Eagles credit for for balling out. I think Nick Sirianni, on some level, outcoached Kyle, Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan was playing, you know, with a, a hand and a half tied behind his back. Uh, you mentioned the three quarterbacks. Here's the thing: because Brady Quinn, our buddy, tweeted this out during the game that the rules about not being able to activate three quarterbacks came back to bite the the league in the ass, sort of. But if you go look at the, the 49ers roster, you know who their third quarterback is? Jimmy Garoppolo? Juice check. Like, there is no, like, there's no actual quarterback with quarterback and experience on the roster. Like, he doesn't have huh. No. My point is, like, they don't, they don't have, have one. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, so it was there's Jimmy no, there's no Mike White. There's no one anywhere buried in the roster that could even have been available. And maybe that's because of the, the rule. I don't know, but they don't even have that guy. I mean, they, they were down to the fourth quarterback when, when JJ came in, no doubt about it. But yeah, so the good news is if you're if you're an optimist breach, Purdy finished with uh didn't throw an incompletion. Four for four. That's the upside. The downside is everything else that happened in that game if you're 49ers. I, I believe he's the first uh quarterback to ever start a game and finish the game and not throw an incompletion in conference championship history. I think Jim Nance said that. Um, and it, it, obviously, you know, four or four, he only took They wouldn't even attempt passes with him out there, really. Like, like they would do screens or they would just run the ball. It's, it's crazy. Like, you just never see anything like that where it's just this guy had, you know, I mean, like they had nothing. Kyle, I mean, what could you do? You're going up against an Eagles defense that's playing really well, and and, and like already had a lead. It was just like well, we don't need to really rush the pass. We're just going to stack the box and like not let you run like past the line of scrimmage. And they couldn't. I mean, it's the Niners were completely hamstrung. They had 11 first downs, averaged 3.6 yards per play, 164 yards. Um, the Eagles might have had more. Um, the Eagles almost had more rushing yards than the Niners had yards, 148 to 164. It just wasn't a very uh, competitive matchup. And that's what happens when you lose your quarterback. Yeah. You know, and you, uh, did you just say that Sirianni outcoached Kyle Shanahan? Cause you know, I don't think that is a fair statement. I think the one thing, if you want to complain about Shanahan is that he just refused to uh, put in, a, he could have put in Christian McCaffrey, you know, the Fox broadcast talked about him as an emergency quarterback. I think that gives you a better chance to win at when it was still 21 to seven and the 49ers had the ball. The game's not over. You get one touchdown. It's 21 to 14. But if you have Brock Purdy as your quarterback who cannot throw the ball. So the Eagles know you're going to be handing it off and Purdy's not a weapon because he's not going to be out there running the option because uh, he's not a, a speed demon. But if you're snapping the ball, someone like McCaffrey who could run the wildcat or who could, uh, you know, run around the end or, or just you have a better chance to win with him in there. And the fact that McC the fact that Shanahan stuck with Purdy uh, just didn't make any sense to me because it just, you know, it felt like the game was over, obviously. But at 21 to seven, you still have at least a puncher's chance to win. And it, it, if you're Shanahan, it just felt like you needed to try and make a move to spark your offense. What, but the, then the one thing that what I was going to say, didn't the, the Niners got the ball first coming out of half, too. So it was 21 seven. So it's like, you know, you got half like go into halftime and just like like I mean I don't know bang out some like like playbook on the back of a like a you know napkin that's just a bunch of wildcat plays for Debo and CMC and just try and get something going. Well, like, the first the first possession of the half they still had Josh Johnson. Oh, so still had Johnson. Got, okay, sorry. Got injured on in that possession, but then they punted. Then the Eagles got the ball back, went three and out, and then the next possession it's still twenty one seven, and Johnson's out of the game at that point. So, Rich, so I I was well, the one that even, said well, just, even to that point like. I mean, not that we were thinking Josh Johnson might get hurt, but we knew Brock Purdy. He, Kyle Shanahan told um, uh, Aaron Andrews that, like, there's no almost no chance that Brock Purdy was coming back. Like, you had to be thinking, there, if Josh Johnson gets hurt, we are going to have to have another plan. So, Breach, I was the one that said that Shanahan was outcoached by Sirianni, but I added a caveat, which you uh, interestingly neglected to, to hear. But my point is this, and this is where, where it starts. When Brock Purdy was still 100% healthy, the very first drive for the Eagles, Devonta Smith makes that one-handed crazy catch down the field that sets up that touchdown. It shouldn't have counted. It shouldn't have counted. And here's the thing. I know that there was no review in time, but if you see a wide receiver or anyone on the other team get up and frantically signal to snap the ball as quickly as possible, you have a decision to make as a coach. And it's the first quarter. Maybe you're taking a chance. You want to save the timeout, which is 
not necessarily very smart in the first half, but you have to worry about the challenge. I get that. But you're also – Those are fourth down. So, like, if you not only if you win the challenge, is it ball coming back, you're getting the ball. And that's the thing. So that's the math you have to do. Now, look, it was split session, bang, bang. That doesn't mean Kyle Shannon is a terrible coach. But just in, in the context of this game, with the understanding that Brock Purdy got hurt on his very first drive and that Johnson got hurt to start the second half, uh, there are a lot of variables there. But I, just in general, I thought that Sirianni, who, you know, you talk about, you know, Travis Kelsey perhaps being annoying in the postgame. I actually don't think so, but I know what you're saying. If you're a Bengals fan, at least, I think Sirianni can rub a lot of people the wrong way because he personifies – uh, producer Billy in his in his filliness and, and driving people crazy. Um, well, it, it, on the Shanahan thing too, like you know, he didn't see the. Re- he, I, I know Shane Wilson, like he saw everybody. Like Devontae Smith, like pounded his fist and was like sprinting back there, basically saying like, "We got to run a, a play quick." Um, this is where replay assist or expedited replay, whatever you want to call it, from the NFL. Like the, there was the Fox. The Fox did not see. They didn't see the replay. The review of. Devontae Smith, the ball hitting the ground until they went to commercial after the Eagles had run that play. It's like somebody, somebody in the NFL that that, that, that replay, like, like how, you know what I'm saying? Like that's, it's not, it's not fair that no one can see that replay. You just have to guess. And you find out after you, you well, can't tell I mean, it's, it's been that way for a hundred years though. I mean, that's sure. not unfair. Just you have a you have a choice. That's why you're the coach. You got a decision to make. I'm not saying, I'm not saying he's wrong. What do you well, want to say? And to Ryan's point, we saw that happen in the Bengals chiefs game when Zach Taylor pulled the challenge on the, flag uh on the challenge flag on the play where Mahomes knee was down and he threw it forward and he didn't and, and Mahomes said hey let's hurry up let's hurry up and Taylor's like all right well I'm just gonna throw the challenge flag so Ryan's saying Shanahan should have done the same thing um and yeah I, I mean he absolutely should have challenged that play that's on him but then you know the flip side here is he's down to his fourth string quarterback this game was tied seven to seven with 90 seconds left in the first half and so and then the the Eagles get two touchdowns in a minute and twenty seconds because Josh Johnson doesn't have well, to handle a, a shotgun snap. Well, that oh, was a mistake gosh. too. By the yeah, here you go. This is a video of it. Um, and, and by the way, I noted in Slack too at the time. I said, "Hey, look, are we sure that ball wasn't out." And and, and I mean, like, and I like I said that on a text too. Like literally, nobody nobody was like would respond to me. I think they thought I was an idiot. But you could you could see it on the initial replay. It was like, yeah. I mean, it was, look, it's fourth and th- it's fourth and short. They threw it deep. They're right there in the red zone. And it did look like at least when Devontae was like going down to the ground that it maybe could have jarred loose. And so why not toss it out there? Like the leverage of getting the ball back and when it's zero to zero and having the possession and, and taking away a possible touchdown opportunity from these guys, th- that leverage makes it worth attempting, just throwing the challenge flag out there and seeing if you can get something out of there. And I, I, he, went to, he went to half of two timeouts too, which isn't great either. I will say this. We talked about this in the in the, the game we just talked about, the AFC game. But the NFC game, the 49ers had a ton of penalties outside of the, the offensive side. The defense was, was pretty banged up. Both got hurt in that freak uh, play coming onto the field when there was a little scuffle that didn't involve him. Um, Fred Warner went out in the first or second play. He came back, um, played pretty well when he came back. Um, and all told, being down as many people as they were, especially at the quarterback position, I thought the 49ers played pretty well defensively. The issue is they had $4 trillion penalties. And just the funniest of which, by the way, was Dre Greenlaw getting a personal foul penalty for, for beating the crap out of the football at the end of the game. That I actually did 11 that. penalties for 81 yards. And, and to that point, Wilson, that's kind of what where I was going. Yes, this game was a blowout. But look, the Eagles didn't even get 275 yards of offense. This was the fifth biggest blowout in playoff history uh, for a team that didn't get at least 275 yards of offense. And, you know, you look at Philadelphia's touchdown drives, obviously, the Devontae Smith incomplete pass should have been an incomplete. The Josh Johnson fumbled shotgun snap. Mm. And then uh, the, their touchdown drive in the second half that got extended after the Eagles mm. were punting it. And the 49ers got called for roughing the punter, even though it looked like the 49ers defender got pushed into. And it even could have punter. been running into the punter, too, because he didn't hit his plant leg. Right. And so, uh, you know, it felt like that was a weird call. And not to like, th- it, it just, I think the 49ers played a lot better than I think the final score indicated. Uh, it just everything went against them. And also the Eagles are an awesome team. So that doesn't help when you're down your four string quarterback, everything goes against you and you're playing probably the best team all around team in the NFL. Are we going to give Billy a chance to talk with the Eagles? Do we all do that? Uh, we should give him. Let me ask Breach quickly. Billy, do a soliloquy with Wilson. Well, wait, what Wilson? Yeah, let me ask you a quick question. So you talked about the the punt on third third down. That was in the third quarter. I'm sorry, the third quarter punt, 21 to seven, kept the drive alive. And at that point, Shanahan was so livid he was circling the the official like he was going to choke him out. Who do you think was more frustrated uh, 
by the end of the day, Shanahan or, or Zach Taylor? I'm going to say Zach Taylor because their game was closer and it just seemed like there were a few more egregious calls in that game. But at that moment, you could tell Kyle Shanahan was thinking, look, man, I am down to my four-string quarterback. We are down two touchdowns in the second half. Why are you doing this to me? Just throw us a freaking bone here. Just throw us anything. Just don't throw a flag on us because my guy got blocked into your punter. Uh, so, yeah, Shanahan was livid. Zach Taylor was livid. It was just – it was not – a great day. It won't be a banner day that will be remembered forever in the halls of NFL headquarters. All right, Billy, I want you to come on and explain, explain to me why Jalen Hurst was running the ball so much late in that game. He ran the ball come five straight plays. What was that about? Well, I think more so it was because we couldn't seem to be able to throw the ball. Um, but I think it was also due to the fact that I think Sirianni, those guys during halftime, they, they saw a little something with the Eagles, uh, with the 49ers defense, I should say, um, Ofunga, every time they ran the ball, they ran to the opposite side of him. And it was the way that they were stacking their linebackers and safeties. And it was just a better look for them. So, I mean, the only way the Eagles were able to move the ball in the run game at all was to run at the weak side. So whichever side he wasn't on, they attacked that side and, and then, the 49ers made adjustments and when they did that's what then brought Jalen Hurts into the game um and and made him start to use his legs because they needed an extra blocker so then they used the running back as a blocker and allowed Jalen Hurts to break off um a few big runs um and have a little success uh poke rad in the comments asked billy please explain why beating the giants and a team with no quarterback is the greatest playoff run of all time go ahead i mean i don't think it's the greatest playoff <laughs> wait did you call it did you, wait did you call it that I'm sure he did. I didn't okay. call it that. I, I don't think that. I don't. Th I think winning in 2017 was probably one of the greatest playoff runs of all time. But this year, it's just different. Like la that year in 2017, yeah, you played. You played. You played Daniel Jones and Brock Purdy and Josh Johnson. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, we didn't play anybody special, but at the end of the day, we played who we had to play, and it is what it is. <laughs> but I mean, I think you know, 2017, it was a great run. That's uh, this is not 2017 anymore. It's not 2017. Uh, no, no. But I'm saying that he asked the question of what's the difference between the two. But like, you know, that's the difference. 2017 was a magical run. This run is like we're supposed to be here. We worked hard all year. We beat the teams that we need to beat in order to get get in this position. So at the end of the day, like, it's just a good run for us, and it you know. It looks good for the future as well. Billy, let me ask you this, and you got to be honest. So don't take off your little Eagles underwear, your underoos, and answer this question. You are the, like the most like blindly blatant homer I think I've ever met. So here's here's the question. Here's the question. You got to win the Super. You have to win the Super Bowl. You got this team here, and you're playing the Chiefs. Don't worry about who's coaching the Chiefs because this is part of the question. Would you rather have Sirianni, Doug Peterson, or Andy Reid coaching this team? You have to win, or something bad's going to happen to you. I, I don't think that's fair to to ask me. I think wow. you have to. I think you have to Andy ask Reed. me that after the game because I haven't seen Nick Sirianni play in a big Super Bowl game like this. He ain't playing. Seen, I mean, sorry, coach. <laughs> I haven't seen him coach in a big game like that. So I'm I've nervous. seen Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. I've seen Doug Peterson coaching a Super Bowl. I haven't seen Nick Sirianni in a Super Bowl yet. So I, I think I have to. You know, but well, then what you do is you have to either answer Doug Peterson or Andy Reid because you haven't yeah. seen Nick Sirianni coach in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, I guess I would probably go. I think I still have PTSD from Andy getting the NFC Championships and and not being able to get over. So I would probably say Doug Peterson just because I've what? seen Doug Peterson win in okay. Philadelphia. I've never seen Andy Reid win a Super Bowl in. Philadelphia for the city of Philadelphia. He was never able to do it with Donovan McNabb, with T.O. He couldn't do it with Deshaun Jackson. He Last time we were in Arizona, we lost, and it was a painful loss to the Arizona Cardinals. So <laughs> I've got PTSD from Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid. I was glad that he was able to win a Super Bowl with. Okay. Well, Mahomes, thank you for answering but, the question. I appreciate it. I still got some PTSD with Andy. Okay. All right. Anything else you want to add? Anything you're proud of that the Eagles did? Anything you're concerned about? The obviously the pass rush of Son Reddick, they went crazy. Uh anything, any concerns at any any level of the defense or offense? I mean, I've got two things. You mentioned one Hassan Reddick. I mean, I feel like we should at this point give Hassan Reddick his flowers. I feel like he's had a better year than Micah Parsons. Uh, mm. I mean, I think he should be in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Like he took over that game in the beginning, to be honest. Those two sacks, big sacks in a meaningful game. I mean, if he doesn't get those sets, I don't think we even get a lead just to, you know, kick off that game. So I think he played out of his mind, but I think a guy in Kenneth Gainwell played a big game, had the most rushing yards on the team today. 
you know, those are the type of guys that you need to step up in these big games when your offense is struggling and you need to score points. He was able to cap off a big 17-yard run, which was his longest run of the game. Like, that was influential. He reminds me a little bit of Corey Clement in 2017 when we went to the bowl. He was big in our playoff run. I think Kenneth Gainwell can be that type of guy for this Eagles team. All right. All right. That's Billy's take on this Eagles team. I'm sure we'll have plenty more takes from Billy. (laughs) Whoa, there's a huge fire broke out at Arrowhead. What is going on here? It's There's uh, a few fires in downtown Philadelphia too, so it's, yeah, uh, a lot going down. Yeah, um, you just hang out. You keep talking to Eagles, Billy. Is that what you want to do? You wanna... No, I mean, I'm, I'm, Billy's I'm happy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's congratulations. You and uh, it was a shame. It's not you and Breach, but I do like the idea. We get Andy Reid versus the Eagles. Um, Can I say something quickly? Mm-hmm. Breach, I'm sorry to have to bring this up, but uh, just in terms of updating the Super Bowl update sheet, it's Wilson versus Brinson. In the finals, Brinson's got those sorry ass Eagles. I got the Chiefs. Who rides with me? Let's ride. What does he say? Broncos <laughs> country. Let's ride. Let's ride. Wilson, you should uh, show pity and give your pick to me because of the way the game was officiated. And also, Caleb, who had had the strongest team going into the playoffs, that poor guy. He had poor the Caleb. Bill Bucks. He had the 49ers. And um, he is also with Breach in the losers bracket. Well, for the well, second what, straight what, year, the listener does not make it to the finals. How about that? What was the what was the Chiefs pick? Two second overall. Um, it might have been first. Um, yeah, I'll look it up. Give me a second. Yeah, I think it may have been first. Oh, I yep, you- that was Ryan's number one overall pick, and the Eagles were Brinson's number two overall pick. Look at this. Oh, By yeah. the way, the last time we were in Arizona was eight years ago. This is January 2015. If you're watching on YouTube. First of all, proof that uh, I had hair and also proof that Brinson had hair plugs. Wait, wait, you, you hair. Hair? I mean, you have a little bit of hair. You don't have a lot of hair. Like, I, I think yeah, that's, not hair. That's, like, that's not hair. That's like you got peach fuzz. Yeah, yeah that counts. Yeah, I saw you the night before you had a Sharpie. You were putting that on your head. I saw you the night before and you had that same squirrel on top of your head. That's, I mean, this squirrel ain't changed much. Look at that. Like, I, like, squirrel has changed a lot thanks to the hair plugs. Thank you for the. No, it was just back then. It was at, um, I don't know. That looks like it's like 50 years ago, by the way. Wilson looks um, like he's a little bit uh, chunkier in this Jesus. picture. all Your beard's all dark. <laughs> Come get some, Billy. I treat you like uh, Bosa was treating those Eagle fans. Oh, here you go. Here you go. I guess I don't have cyber. I guess, Someone in the comments wants to know why that photo looks like it was taken in the 1990. <laughs> it, it may have been. Um, it does. In the 80s, yeah. Yeah, oh uh, yeah, that was uh, we were set up for the, oh, set the set for the podcast for the. Uh, By the way, I gotta I gotta call out Tyler Ross. He said Wilson looks like an Aldi brand Bomani Jones. Come on, man! <laughs> that's great. That's, that's actually great. That's disrespectful, Tyler. That's like you guys are doing promo photos for a buddy comedy from 1991. <laughs> I know, right? The beards are good. The beards are good choice. I guess. I this guess. looks like it's from the moon landing. Somebody says I look like I have the biggest dashboard. This is national fan. An interracial, <laughs> an interracial buddy comedy that's airing on UPN. Uh, too good. Uh, good times, good times. Eight years ago, unbelievable. Uh, yeah, it was. I guess it was it years ago. God, it's been a long time. Um, that was so long ago. Breach that on the set was Rex Ryan. He was coach of the Bills, and people thought he was actually good at his job. <laughs> uh, yeah, Breach. Uh, so I asked, it was Breach born with that story? No. Oh, Breach, tell us where you were. That's this is a funny story. I don't know if the story, Billy. Tell us where you were during the Super Bowl. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada, shooting videos with Jamie Erdahl. <laughs> highlight, <laughs> highlight of my eleven years at CBS Sports, and the low and the low point of Jamie Erdahl's yeah, career, very entire good. career. Unfortunately, Jamie, he skyrocketed and just left yeah. me in her wake. Yeah. She went on to work sidelines for SEC for CBS, and now she's the host of Good Morning Football. Good morning football exactly. And now I'm doing a podcast and with you, still idiots. Stuck with us. I know. <laughs> Right. Right, that photo, that photo really we just lost like, like a lot of people watching this stream. Uh, all right, let's uh let's talk about some Super Bowl odds and the matchup for the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Unless there's anything else you guys want to add on uh Eagles 49ers. I like it's yeah, the Eagles. So anyway, Super Bowl odds, William Hill. The Eagles have taken a bunch of steam in the last little bit. They are now minus two or minus two and a half after Casey opened as a one point favorite. Total of 49 and a half. What's uh what's your what do you think wins over Wilson? Wait, the Eagles are minus two, is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna have um KC open at minus one. 
Uh, by the way, Stephen O, who actually does this for a living, and he's smart. He says, um, and he does the simulations for sports line. The odds have the game as a pick 'em. And my initial simulation, this came out at 10:30 p.m. Eastern time after the football game. Also has the coin flip. The Chiefs are winning just over 50 percent, but the Eagles are actually averaging more points per sim, 23.7 to 23.6. What's the over under? Do you have that? Uh, I do 49 and a half. So this is 47, 47.3. It sounds like if I did the math correctly. So maybe the under is an early play. Uh, possibly. Hey, Brinson, can I get some credit for my line that everybody laughed at? And then, like, you did get it right. We did laugh at you, and you got it right. Wait, what, what was the line? He said minus seven or my, something else. My line was minus seven and a half, and he blew that's, it out of the water. Actually, but, but, that's not, but that's not how that works. No, but I'm just saying, though, like, at the end of the, I mean, my line technically wasn't wrong. Like, it was, no, no, it, was I mean, it was wrong because that I mean, it was wrong. You're right. The Super Bowl, I, know, I, know what, I know what you're saying. But, for the Philly, uh, San yeah. Francisco. Well, I mean, if if also if you had said that Josh Johnson was playing, was thinking, <laughs> it probably would have been seven and a half. Like, like that's you know, like that's the that's sort of the difference there. Um, I guess I got I guess I got to hedge in on my uh, my Eagles Super Bowl future, huh? I got Eagles minus two and a half. Hey, hey. So I could take the I could buy the Chiefs up to plus three. Wait, would you say the the point spread is right now? Two and a half. I see two and a half or minus two, depending Who? on the, the Eagles. Philly minus two. The Eagles. The yeah. Eagles are favored over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Okay, well, I was saying that because Circa Sports had opened it as Chiefs favored by two and a half. Yeah. And yeah. it's already flipped. It's, uh, it, the Philly is getting steamed aggressively. Now, whether that's an Eagles thing or whether it's a Patrick Mahomes injury thing, there's also some buzz like maybe like is Jalen Hurts perfectly healthy? There's two weeks to go. You don't have to see all these people and, and whether or not, you know, what the, what the deal is. Um, I mean, look, if I've got the – if I've got the Eagles to win a bunch of money to win the Super Bowl, I'm hedging some on the Chiefs, I think. Oh, right. that's funny because you do have a mm-hmm. Eagles future ticket. Cash a nice one on the uh, NFC Championship. Thank you very much. He's a fake Eagles again. E- uh, Eagles fan. I just I, want you I'm, not, I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm an Eagles fan this year. No, 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 no. But you've you've claimed earlier on earlier in the year on the podcast that you are an Eagles fan. You fell for no, it. It's, it's a running gag that I say I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. I'm like, I'm not. Well, he he did pick saying. up the whole game. Up when the whole game you were anti-eagles the whole game no i was not you tried to you tried to suggest that some other thing washed out the the non-review of the Devonta smith thing and i was like no it's not nearly as valuable and then i showed you like like win percentage and epa per play and how that matters you're like i don't care about epa like (laughs) um yeah i mean i think um yeah but basically like i mean i'm 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 a fan of whoever i pick to win the super bowl each year basically at this point that's eagles so here we are. Um, I think I think my initial lean would be if I'm getting points with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I am taking those points. Like that's it's. I mean, I, I think the Eagles could easily win the game. Wouldn't be shocked by it. But if you're giving me two or two and a half points in the Super Bowl, or if, if we get to three, the Chiefs will get smashed. Uh, the the total, I think I would probably lean to the under because of the way we've seen these two defenses play the last couple of weeks. The, you know, the Chiefs are getting a pass rush home. The Eagles are not afraid to run the ball. Uh, the, the Chiefs are not afraid to run the ball a ton in the second half if they have a, like a lead. And, you know, I think it just won't be a ton of, like, big shots. We always see the first quarter low scoring in Super Bowls as, as teams feel each other out. Uh, so I think I would lean towards the under in this one in the Chiefs. Any thoughts from you guys? Well, that's why I got it at minus one. KC, I'm leaning Chiefs early, but we'll see. I mean, there's a lot to sort out health wise, of course. And not only just Patrick Mahomes, but all those receivers that didn't play in the second half. Um, that'll be huge. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Benson uh, preached with us in Slack, but Jeffrey Benson at the Circus Sports said Super Bowl opened at Circus Sports with Kansas City Chiefs minus two and a half with a total of 51. The market disagreed, said our opener was garbage. It'll be interesting to see where the number goes in the next two weeks. This is this actually could be a fun one because a lot of times in the last few years, we've seen the numbers um, pop up and it just doesn't move the whole time, you know, because because of where it is. This one, it feels like you go back and forth a lot because of the two quarterback, you know, the quarterbacks have been injured late in the season. Um, you know, you have two popular teams. This this game should do Bafo ratings. Huh. Wait, wait, what kind of ratings? Bafo, do Bafo, you hear that, Breach? Bafo, Bafo, Did Brenton break StreamYard? What just happened? Bafo, Brenton, you got to get out of here. Bye. I was like, well, we definitely just got stuck in the simulation. That what was. a word to stop. Yo, I thought that was me. <laughs> Sorry to everyone listening to that. My, oh my God. Gosh, that At was... first, I thought he was emphasizing it by actually <laughs> – he was keeping saying the same word, and then I saw that his mouth wasn't moving. 
Oh my, my god. god. Comment. I think Princeton just had a seizure. That, that's funny, Bob. <laughs> I literally thought it was me. I muted myself. <laughs> that was a glitch. Of the, we we just saw a glitch of the Matrix, everybody. So uh, before Princeton went crazy, breached Victor Garcia, I think it was the comments mentioned. How come we're not talking about Andy Reid off the bye? Because this is obviously Andy Reid off the bye. The last time we had this conversation in person was at the Miami <laughs> Super Bowl. Oh my gosh, she's still talking about the last time we had this conversation was in Miami together when we saw the 49ers come back against, or excuse me, the, the Chiefs come back against the 49ers. Um, that long pass, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, went on the win, yada, yada, yada. So does that weigh in at all? In the- yes, I was going to bring it up, but okay. you guys didn't ask me about my Super Bowl points yet. We hadn't gotten that far yet. Uh, I love the Andy Reid factor here. Obviously, coaching against his old team, I think he's going to be motivated. Look, the people who were in charge there are still there. You know, you want to prove to Jeffrey Wolf. <laughs> You want to prove to Howie Roseman. Those guys are still in the front office, and I think that Andy Reid would love nothing more than to make sure uh, that they don't get another Lombardi trophy. And so, yeah, I think Andy Reid off the bye. Uh, I think that's where I'd lean right this second. But again, like we said, there's so many injuries, things you have to figure out. You have to know how healthy Patrick Mahomes is going to be. Uh, how healthy everyone in this game is going to be. But I just the revenge factor. For Reed getting fired and now facing his old team 10 seasons later uh, is very fascinating. Hey, Brinson's back and he's oh not having gosh. a seizure anymore. I, I don't know. Could, did, I, did I have a seizure while I was trying to say that? I don't know what. I don't all, know. Everyone, all of a sudden, y'all went complete. I couldn't hear anything you were saying. My, I think my roadcaster like froze up. It was very bizarre. <laughs> well, Do you want to know what happened, Brinson? You said a word. That we can't and I'm say not even really. Yeah, don't say it. B O F F O. Okay, yeah, well, I wasn't even sure if you finished the word. It, and then you went, bafau, 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 bafau. And that literally did that nonstop for 15 seconds, and no one knew what to do because at first we thought you were, like, doing it on purpose to emphasize your point to Wilson. And then we all kind of looked at each other like, okay, this might be broken. And then, uh, I was scared. Yeah. Y'all, y'all, like, all just, like, staring at me, like, silently. I was like, what is so, so Brenton, let me tell you. Yeah, so it's like going crazy for us. And I, I thought that we hit a glitch in the matrix. And these are, these are some of the comments. What the F is this? Brenton seizing out. I thought my phone just died. That's the best moment ever. Uh, I thought that was my Xbox. Uh, the acid just kicked in. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for that moment of levity. That was crazy town, USA. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it's uh, look, sometimes you sometimes you do stuff on the Internet. It, it just happened. Um and somebody said, tired of dealing with old people in tech. I mean, this is it's not, not, I'm not old. It's not the tech. It's my crap. No, it's just, it's all Brenton. Brenton's a boomer. So, yeah, Breach just talked about Andy Reid off the buy. He's he's buying into that because that's a good thing to buy into. I was trying to find Andy Reid's record versus the Eagles. I don't know if they face each other, but um, I'll look for that quickly. Three straight games. under. They're undefeated against the Eagles. Okay, there you go. So that's also something to keep in mind. Because Andy Reid does not want to lose to the Eagles. And it's not just three straight. Those are the only games Reid has ever coached against the Eagles. Yeah. Oh, boy. So he is 3-0. and And two of those three wins are by double digits. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Look at the look. The face on the Billy's face says it all. That was a lot, Breach. I don't think that was needed, but, you know. He's I was worried. just tossing it in there. You never I'm know. Worried. I'm not. I mean, I'm not not worried, but I'm not. You know, I'm not scared. <laughs> I, I, he, we were able to put up 31 points against the best defense in the league. So, I mean, the Chiefs' defense is a big drop off between San Francisco's defense. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not as worried. And Andy Reid is the fifth coach to coach against his former team in a Super Bowl. Um, you know who didn't get revenge? Pete Carroll in Phoenix, just like this Super Bowl. Mm. Oh. Pete Carroll lost to the Patriots. Uh, when old Russell threw that interception. Who are the, the other ones? Do you want any time to guess, or do you want me to just tell you? Just tell, um, just tell us, probably. Uh, we have John Gruden, who coached against the Raiders. And we have Dan Reeves, who nice. coached against, against the Broncos. The Broncos. Yeah. And then we had uh, old Weeb Eubank, who coached. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Jets and Colts? Yeah, I believe so. Nice. That was. He, put, he was the coach of the Jets when they upset the Colts. I will say that the Pete Carroll revenge game doesn't quite feel right because Pete Carroll sucked when he was the coach of the Patriots. He was better, like he, he's better than like he gets credit for, I think. That no. I lived in Boston during that time, I think. And he underachieved with a good roster. And then Parcells came in and they they won. 
It's not today's Pete Carroll. It was young and somehow more energetic Pete Carroll. He never had a losing season. Yeah, but they underachieved. Okay, just saying. Um, and you have the uh, NFC's leader in sacks with the Eagles against the AFC's leader in sacks. And you have the AFC's highest scoring team against the NFC's highest scoring team. And the Kelsey brothers. And the Kelsey brothers. Travis and Kelsey. there's never been a set of brothers facing each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is, the uh, McCordy's never faced off? No. The McCordy's? Uh, I, th- I, thought they, I thought they played in the Super Bowl against each other. I think it was with each other. They were on the same team. Yeah, he was on the And as noted by Jonathan Jones, the first time we have two black starting quarterbacks facing each other wow. in the Super Bowl. Uh, Jason McCordy has never played on an NFC team. And obviously Devin's been with the Patriots. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, wow, that's crazy. Um, there's, there's a bunch of good storylines. Like, there, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you look at it, you're like, all right, I don't know if I, you know, we can really stretch these throughout the, the year. Now, mm-hmm. on the other hand, there's a decent chance that we get to Wednesday and we're tired of all those storylines. But Well, great news, Ben, because I'll be in Mobile, Alabama, starting tomorrow doing Senior Bowl coverage. So check that out if you're tired of talking about the, the Super Bowl for the next few days. Uh, and it looks like someone asked how many times have number one seeds faced off in the Super Bowl? That was Ian. Uh, the answer to that question is since the playoffs were expanded in 1990, uh, we have had eight occasions where number one seeds hmm. have faced each other. All right. And the last one also involved Eagles, Eagles over Patriots, which I'm sure Billy remembers. <laughs> We actually had a, a, a great run of that. Super Bowl 48, Super Bowl 49, Super Bowl 50, Super Bowl 52. Wait, Eagles. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking about the McNabb game. I was like, wait, the Eagles didn't win the game. You meant the, the Nick Foles game. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. That's not always deliver. Anything else? Mm-mm. I think we got it all covered. If you had, if you had to give the uh, – we, we're, we're owed a really good Super Bowl because these playoffs have been kind of lame. Uh, I feel. This. I thought the playoffs were good. I enjoyed. Yeah, them. I thought they were good. I, I enjoyed the playoffs. <laughs> I mean, there haven't been like a ton of great games. Wild card oh, weekend's fun. But... Yeah. All right, that'll do it for us. Really? We're literally podcasting after one of the best games of the playoffs. Well, yeah, the AFC yeah. title game was bonkers. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Yeah, that. I, I, just, I, I just think in general, the entirety of the playoffs. My team lost, and I'm going to go take five shots and cry, and I can still say this was a great game. Yeah, I thought I enjoyed it. I don't. Right, no, right. but I think he's talking about the totality. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I divisional round, and then that, the first game, this, like, you know, divisional round was not great. And then the first game today was just, I mean, it was a literal snoozer. And then we had a good game in the Bengals Chiefs. That was it. Okay. Um, so I would say that the game was the ratings. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Billy, for Wilson, for Breach. I'm Brenton. We'll see you guys later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.